Hi there, and welcome to episode 54 of Kneel Before Odd. I'm Audrey Kearns, your host, and thanks for listening wherever and whenever you are. In this episode, I sit down with actor, writer, filmmaker, and artist, Magena Tova. You've seen Magena on screen in so many projects, including Spider-Man 2 and 3, American Horror Story, Joan of Arcadia, The Shield, You're the Worst, that's just a small sampling, and most recently, she can be seen as the head librarian in sci-fi's hit show, The Magicians. Of course, we talk about the fantastic show, The Magicians, in this episode, but we also discuss growing up with parents in the army, religion, her journey to acting and creating, which almost took a detour to science, and we also talk about her short film called Hux. Hux is a film in which Magena wrote, produced, directed, and starred. I've seen it, and it's an incredibly touching story that follows a young woman, Hux, who is on the autism spectrum as she navigates her life and her struggles to connect with other humans all while an apocalypse is happening. I really enjoy talking to Magena about her process to get this story told, and I think you will too. And oh... (laughs) The late Harry Dean Stanton was in the film, so we get to chat about that too, and that was really, really nice. Now, after you listen to this episode, head on over to magenatova.com. That's M-A-G-E-I-N-A-T-O-V-A-H.com to learn more about this incredibly talented woman and to check out her amazing art. It's fantastic. So good. Don't forget to check out geekgirlauthority.com for all your pop and geek culture news and needs. I am lucky to have a talented group of contributors on the site, and I know you'd love their work. Also, head on over to iTunes or Blog Talk Radio to give Neil Before Odd a rating and review if you are so inclined. I'd be ever so grateful for your support of this podcast. All right. For now, enjoy your walk, your workout, your commute, your cleaning, As you listen to episode 54 of Kneel Before Odd with my guest, Magena Tova. Internet, heed this call. Open your minds and ears and prepare yourselves to Kneel Before Odd. Welcome to Kneel Before Odd. I'm Audrey Kearns, your host, and this is a show where I interview geek patriots. Today I have with me actor, writer, filmmaker, artist, Magena Tova. Most recently, she's been playing the head librarian on sci-fi's hit show, The Magicians, and she stars in the award-winning Hux, a short film that she wrote, directed, and produced. Welcome, Magena. Hi. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your Saturday with me. Yes. Thanks for having me. You're awesome. So I'm going to start the show, as I do with always, is asking one question, which is, what is your nerd origin story? What are you geeky about, and how did it start? Well, I really thought about this, and... Thank you, by I the have, way. I, thank, you, thank you for putting thought into it. <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't come up with one singular answer, but I came up with a, a few nerd things because I, I have lots of nerd traits, I suppose. Um, the one of So one of the first things I remember as far as, like, I think how I ended up loving acting and theater is my dad is a – he was a Green Beret in the oh. Army, Fulberg Colonel, and he um, is a psychiatrist – and he also would go do community theater when I was a little kid. Like he played a green um, beret that yeah. does community theater. I, love I it. know he played. Um, yeah. He was in My Fair Lady. He was the father, and oh, he did like one great. of those little kicks where you do your 
your yes, angles again. Yes. <laughs> and I remember seeing him and just being so in awe. And then uh, the same little community theater in Clarksville, Tennessee, called Roxy Theater. Uh-huh. Um, my older brother got to do a production of um, of um, a Peter Pan. Uh-huh. He was a lost boy, and I got to go backstage and I saw Peter Pan like changing her tights. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, backstage, it was this magical so it didn't, thing. So that didn't ruin the magic. It, it increased it really the did. magic for you. It was you. like, oh, you get to, you get to be this, this amazing character. And so then I, I was a science nerd. Like I went to this um, magnet school uh-huh. for health science and engineering, but where we had like one art class. Right, right. And so I had to find things on the outside. And so I I did like Renaissance festivals. Oh, that's great. I even did LARPing. Yes, <laughs> yes. Vampire Masquerade. Uh-huh. I think I played cyberpunk once. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, um, so just, I did, weird, I just tried to do everything. I had files of like every, you know, uh-huh. a, a I guess, I'd, you know, sending out my, I guess I had some sort of headshot resume at yeah. the time that I'd yeah. come up with. But um, but I, what I really love to think about and love to read about is sort of apocalyptic stories. Right. And, which and we've is, had this discussion before. Yes, We're both kind of addicted to it. Super them. into it. Yeah. yeah. We, we traded books that we, yeah. yeah. And um, and it's what my, my yeah. film is, uh, has a theme mm. of that. And since you were a kid, do you think you liked apocalyptic stuff or did that develop when you were older? You know what I think? I was, I think, so I'm Jewish Uh and um, I went to a Jewish Orthodox day school from like fourth to sixth grade Uh and went to like Jewish camp, uh, summer camps and stuff. And we learned about the Holocaust. Like even at summer camp, there was like a day where you watched the horrible movies and how old were you when you learned about from that? from like fourth grade on right you know right. like where and and i you know it's like we never forget you know and they right, really right. ingrain that and i think and from a young age i remember thinking about like what i would do where i would hide even just you know like where wow. i would put things and i talk i've talked to my mom my mom sort of has similar uh things from it like um and it and i think that's where the apocalyptic thing came yeah. from like what would you do if it all kind of went, went went to went haywire. You can say whatever <laughs> the fuck the you want. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually really fascinating. You know, I'm not Jewish, of course. I, I learned about the Holocaust as well, but thinking of it as a young Jewish girl, I never once thought that that makes so much sense that you would be thinking, okay, what if this happens again? What do I yeah, do? Yeah, it was because it was so ingrained. I mean, there, it wasn't like I've told people, you know, people are like, well, I learned about Holocaust. And uh-huh. it's like, but it was a c- constant thing yeah. that you learned about. Like yeah. every year ev- there was, all, you know, um, Holocaust Remembrance Day. And like, yeah. it was so ingrained. And I remember like being in, it, the school was part of the synagogue. I remember being in that building and thinking like, you know, thinking about it's so terrifying the stories of like right. you know what would when they tested on you these things you know and like how I would get through things how I how I would you know deal right. with it or how, how just and going into buildings all the time and thinking okay where could you where are the exits cr- where are the yeah oh. not in like a like a scared all the time kind right, of way just right. kind of like okay how would I take care of this how right. would I do this right do you think so that was from fourth grade on. Um, before you started learning about the Holocaust, had you talked about it with your parents? Did they at least let the, you, you you knew about it, or was this like, whoa, I never knew this happened? You know, I'm not. I mean, I I'm not sure if we talked about it a lot before. 
fourth grade, I lived on a little farm in the uh, middle of fields and fields. It was like the homestead. And we, we lived on this little seven and a half acres of it, but it was surrounded by fields as far uh, as you could see. And um, went to like a, a public school that was St. Bethlehem Elementary, uh, where like my dad had to come explain what, what Hanukkah was and stuff like that. Oh, wow. like, you know. No Jews. No Jews. You were, you um, were. I went from that to like super, yeah, super orthodox. Um, so I don't, I don't remember much about that, but I think that sort of ha- living out where you're surrounded by fields forever. Yeah. And in sort of out in the middle of nowhere, I think kind of added to it too, you know, right. like um, I, I for sure see that as a theme in like my writing and in my film mm-hmm. and stuff like that, sort of being out on your own. Right. You know? Right. Well, so I'm an army brat as well. Oh, so hi. I, yes, hello. Hi, yes, hello. <laughs> um, although my mom always corrects me when I say army brat. She said, you're a foreign service brat. Oh, well. <laughs> I was like, it's okay. Because okay. <laughs> I think my mom was in the State Department. My dad was in the army. So oh. I think she's always like, no, you're a foreign service. I see. I see. Okay. Both right. my parents were in the army. That's yeah, which met. is amazing. But but um, did you move around a lot? Oh. That's how my parents met too. They actually met in the Middle East because uh, they were both stationed in uh, Jordan. Oh my gosh, they, I've been to Jordan. Yes, yes, I've been to Petra. My which mom's been to Petra. Amazing. She wrote a short story about it. What? Yes, she's that. never let me read it. That's all. She, she says she doesn't know. I never knew she crazy. wrote it. No, she just never. She doesn't. She is very um, uh, the. Rules and rituals work very well. I mean, mm-hmm. which we'll talk a lot when we talk about yeah. hucks, you know. And I'm like that too. I've always yes. uh, been very open that I have OCD, and I do believe I get that from my mom. So growing up in her house, she was wonderful, the best mother ever. But it was like there was never any doubt I would have a roof over my head uh-huh. and I'd be paying my bills on time. Right. So that was what we, you know we concentrated on, not necessarily the creativity, uh-huh. you know. So one day she said, "Yeah, I took a class and." Uh, I decided to write a short story about this woman that went to Petra and found her true love or something like Amazing. that. And I'm just like, who are you? No. This is like when I'm in my 30s. I was like, that's awesome. Do you have it? And she goes, it's maybe it's around here somewhere. So I want to find it. My mom always sort of downplays her art too. Yeah. And then she'll like suddenly cut. Like I remember being a little kid and every once in a while she would just draw something and I wanted a dragon and she loved dragons. And mm-hmm. she just with crayons. Through this incredible, like... That's so cool. And then, and also, like, writing, she, I found, we went through some of my grandma's stuff, and she had all these pieces she'd written when she was, and, like, there was notes from the teacher when she was in the eighth grade, like, try and get this published. I was uh-huh. like, Mom! But, yeah, she yeah. definitely plays it. Yeah, my mom, like, I got a theater degree in yes. college. I had to get two to make them happy. I got a, <laughs> a political science and a theater degree, which are nice. both kind of useless. <laughs> but, but, um... My dad said to me in passing, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised you got that degree. Your mom, I remember when your mom did a, a, a murder mystery play when we were living here. And I was like, I don't know that either. <laughs> That's amazing. I have, you've been Can coming you to see my plays for that? this long. Yeah. That would have been amazing. I would have loved to see. Did you guys move around a lot? Okay. So we did a little bit, just a little bit. My, my mom got out of the army, um, I think just before she started having kids. Was she, your dad was a psychiatrist, right? Yes, or psychologist. She, psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. What, what did your mom and do? she was a physical therapist, one of the first physical therapists trained by the army. Oh, wow. Um, and so, she, you know, it was during Vietnam, she worked with a lot of um, soldiers. Right. And, um, and then they actually, I think they met, I might get this wrong, but I think it was in North Carolina that they met. No, Texas, Fort Worth, I think. And then they, um, my dad got stationed in Korea and sort of 
pulled some strings and my yeah. mom got transferred. Oh, that's and then nice. before they got transferred again, yeah. they got married so that they would have to go together. Oh, so, yeah. And uh, did you, were you overseas at any time? Or I were was you? not. I was born in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, were they on the base in Kauai? They were or? in Honolulu. Honolulu. Yeah. And then we moved to um, Virginia for like six months. And then we moved to Clarksville, Tennessee, which was right across the border from Fort Campbell, Kentucky. So right. My dad was still in the army. So most of your memories as a child, do you remember? Do you remember Hawaii a lot, or mostly just Tennessee? I have the just these weird because I was about three when we left. Yeah. And I have yeah. these weird little vague memories. Like I remember telling my mom a couple of them, and she was like, "I know where that is." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> but mostly, like you know, childhood to me is mostly like Clarksville, the farm. Yeah. That I yeah. Find, I know. get that. I mean, yeah. I've got. Like, I can list off where I've lived. Yeah. And it sounds really wonderful, but I, <laughs> I, I only know Florida. Like, I lived yeah. two years in Africa. I lived in wow. Budapest. I lived in Hong Kong. And it's like, that's amazing. I can tell you about Hong Kong. I can't. Mm-hmm. My, I was physically there. Right. <laughs> but I really yeah. don't. Like, I have no memory of, of Virginia at all. That was yeah. just like a passing. It was a, you, just, you just passed through. Yeah. So you got that magical experience backstage at Peter Pan, and then you, you were. Um, you got into uh, reading. When did you start uh, writing? So, yeah, that was, so the very, I started writing, I think, I remember the first poem I wrote. Mm-hmm. It was this weird, it sounds so cheesy, but it was this weird, like, physical thing that I had to get this thing out. Right. And I um, mm-hmm. went and wrote it out, and I I probably was seventh grade, maybe, or a little younger I started drawing, I remember, um, I started drawing in like fourth, fifth, sixth grade, somewhere in there, because there was a girl that I was, it was a small Jewish school, there were only uh-huh. seven people in my grade, but there was this girl who had knew how to draw faces, and so uh-huh. I started like drawing, and then, but the writing thing started probably in seventh grade, I had, there was another, I had this friend in, at this um, uh, science high school who she started the zine. Yes. Pop Tart Barbies was the name yes. of it. And then there was like a, th- a quarter size zine called Meat. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I contributed to that. Like, I, And uh, we mostly we wrote notes to each other and wrote postcards and like anytime we were. So we, I learned to sort of write that in that, you know, right. sort of that came out of that. And I remember um, I wrote, I went to camp so weirdly, you saw Hux. You know, there's this beautiful song in it yeah. yes. by this band, Shovels and Rope, yes, right? It's beautiful. Yeah. It's Carrie Ann Hurst and her husband, Michael Trent. And Carrie Ann Hurst and I went to this science school. We wow. went from like seventh grade on. And um, we went to this writing camp at Swanee. I think it's Swanee, I think it's Swanee College of the South um, when we were probably in like eighth grade, uh-huh. somewhere after eighth grade or something, where we, we I, I learned like how to dance there kind of That's we went cool, to this yeah. dance that was happening and i was like i think i can dance which i sort of was like oh, i, I kind of i'm feeling the music um and i wrote this my monologue. body is feeling things it's never felt before. it really was it was someone so described uh funk to me that way how would you describe funk well your bar- body starts to move in ways you never thought it could this like, was my funk that, this, this was is your funk, funk. at swanee <laughs> um and i wrote a monologue there that i and i did what well, didn't even really know what a monologue was at that right. point but i wrote this thing that i then ended up using to get into college were you acting before writing or did everything come at the same time no i was it it went sort of like drawing writing and acting came later because there 
wasn't an easy outlet for that. Right. Like I, um, I had to sort of find it all on my own. My parents, you know, they're science people, and as much as my dad, right. we had moved away from the little theater, right? Um, and it, they, it was this was not something they knew. Did you about. think when you were younger that you were gonna follow? Since you were going to a science school, was that you were that was gonna be your your path? I, you know, I I kept that possibility going in my life that uh-huh. I, I might also do something else to all the way up until I made Hux really yeah it took Hux to be like oh, oh wait no I'm an actor I really and writer. love this <laughs> I'm a this filmmaker. is what I really <laughs> want to do because I and I would think because like every once in a while I'd be like oh you know so I, I remember this moment um I don't even remember who this girl was but it was probably like eighth grade and we were standing outside waiting for our rides and I was like oh I don't know what I want to be when I grow up I want to be a uh, I want to be a um, an actor. I want to be a primatologist. I want to be an astronaut. Uh-huh. And this brilliant girl goes, look at Sigourney Weaver. She was in Gorillas in the Mist. She was in uh, Aliens. And she's an nice. actor. And I went, oh, I could do all of it as an actor. Um, she was a plant. She was she a plant was. in your life to set you right? on your path. She totally was. <laughs> if it's your Truman Show, that's what the person that was there exactly. for. That is exactly. She was paid for that, that line. I love it. Um, so, yeah. So I, it really, I, but I always would think like, oh, if I were if I were out like studying primates, I would also have to like make a documentary about it. Like yeah. I could never just just do it. For me, somehow there would have to be a mm-hmm. a like documentation or creation or using that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So right. finally I I once I did Hux, I was like, Oh, I'm this is where I'm supposed supposed to be. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. She's knocking my mic Enthusiasm. over. Enthusiasm. <laughs> but but so did you go to college? I did, yes. So, so when you went to college, did you go as, say, uh, a non-theater major, or what no, were you there for? So here's what happened. I, so I had started this magna school in seventh grade. Yeah. We started our math and science for high school early. I was president of the math club. I'm just going to interrupt <gasps> you and tell you I was president of the math oh, club. Oh, wait, which okay. is your favorite? Was it geometry or um, algebra? I actually, excel, you know what I excelled at? It, I don't I haven't retained any of it. Was um, What was the class? Analytical geometry and trigonometry wow because i was good at memorizing formulas i didn't yeah Mm -hmm. i never understood the application of it or i am gonna send a rocket into space it's just like i can memorize a formula and then input numbers into that formula and that's like i got straight a's in chemistry because the same thing (laughs) i was good at memorizing stuff um so okay so we started math and science early so by the time i started my junior year there i was like oh my god i could like go to this normal public school and they have acting, and I could do my junior and senior year together in one. Uh-huh. And I like pitched it to the principal, and she was like, "All right." And I, it was so it was so ridiculous. I was doing like honors English junior year and my AP English the same time, and okay. you know, like I'd go from one to the other. It was right, right. ridiculous. Um, That's a lot. Those aren't easy classes. I mean, if you're doing eighty yeah, classes, and it, yeah, it, well, to some people. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it it was, um, but it was. It was it was just such a different experience going from like the that school it was so intense like and this was a this was not that intense and yeah. it had theater I mean I yeah. could also do that and I'd sort of stored up my like gym cr- like yeah, things yeah. for the end right yeah so so yeah so I did that I graduated a year early and then and then I was like oh now I have to like figure out college <laughs> and I was like okay if I really so want you're out of high school 16 or 17 16 right? yeah 16. Okay. and then I was like okay if I really want to be an actor I should go to a conservatory and see if that's really what I want like take an intense you know um experience of it and see how it goes so I ended up at Cal Arts my freshman oh, year oh wow yeah 
which was great. But I, I took astronomy there, and for our finals, people did skits, and I was like, I need more. <laughs> like I, I love like, and I'm really glad I went there because it was, it was. I ended up at USC, uh-huh. so it was a really good combination of like this super intense acting, and then, and then I was gonna double major in in visual anthropology, and then I, I was like, it. oh, but I could graduate early here yeah, I too. Graduate now, so I did. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's what I, I did. get. It. I um. I'm only, th- I was, it'd probably be different now, three credits away from my uh, political science degree with an emphasis in foreign politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like for my parents, you know, because yeah. they didn't, you know, but I did the same thing. I was like, it's another half year and, and I Get can't, out of here. I, yeah, I can't do anything with it. So yeah. yeah, yeah. But you're, so you graduate and you're already here in, yeah. in near Los Angeles. So, um, well, well, let's talk about acting for a bit then. Mm-hmm. So, so your resume is ridiculous Magana. it really is good, it's good i mean like it's awesome thanks I, it's really awesome it's so long but i picked some gems from it that i like i mean Yay. buffy here's sam raimi's spider-man 2 and 3 joan of arcadia the shield american horror story you're the worst <laughs> and of course the magicians and like i said that's just a small sampling so you're in la what was your first job how did you start auditioning um well I'm going to, this is probably my serious nerd side okay. that I'm going to, because I sort of approached it where I, I went to and got the players direct, I went to the players directory building and did research. I just researched yeah. the crap out of it. I looked up every actor that I thought I was kind of like, I went back to when they first started. I figured out what agent they were with. Oh I my started, gosh, that's really smart. I started like, um, I would send out, I made lists of like casting people that worked on shows I thought I would be good on. And I made kiss like list I just sent out and this is where I started really sort of tuning my fine tuning my drawing is I would make cards for my whole career up until a few years ago I would I have this character that started in with my friend yeah. in high school um on, in notes but um I had this character um and whenever I would do something like Spider-Man it would be her in Spider-Man or yeah. in like private practice or whatever it would be a drawing, and then I'd have, like, you know, a little note to them inside. And I just continuously sent stuff out. I remember my first agent – and oh, and I'd, work, I'd, like, work on little indie stuff, and yeah, I'd always be yeah. like, hey. And everyone was like, oh, you need to be with Dragon Talent. Uh-huh. You're a Dragon Talent. And I was like, oh, okay. And I looked them up, and they were – Dragon started with um, with little people and – um, and people who were very different. Uh-huh. Um, and then they moved into like hip, cool, casual. That's what right. it always was in the aughts, <laughs> like hip, cool, casual. And, but different, they, you know, different types, which right. I was different. And, but I sent them well, my- Different in what way? Were you, did you feel like you were being typed unfairly or? I don't know. I think I'm just, I'm not like, I, I have a very different face. Uh-huh. And um, if you look at, you know, most, leading characters not i think we're moving away from that a little bit but i think um you know they're very normal beautiful you Mm -hmm. know and i'm a little different looking Mm -hmm. um and so uh um i knew that um and i don't know i mean in acting class when i was still in school my teacher was like you never dress you've i've never seen you dress like you weren't in an indie film (laughs) i was like (laughs) all right so like i knew i already was a little 
So your essence was kind of screaming indie. A little different, yeah. yeah. And so I would, so I'd do these these things, and I talk to people, and they were like, "Oh, you need to be a dragon." And I sent them my headshot multiple times, and it was very normal yeah. looking. Like yeah. it was, I had makeup, and my hair was curled yeah. black and white back yeah. in the black and white days. Yes, I remember those. <laughs> <laughs> and and they never called me in. Yeah. So finally, I painted this thing. I put like stills from weird indies I'd done, like painted this whole thing, and they called me right in immediately. And wow. then, then. There was, so yeah, so that was my first. And they had a theatrical department for a split second, uh-huh. and that's how I got my first um, my first TV thing, which was on The Guardian, uh-huh. where I played a prostitute, <laughs> and I played many many a prostitute, and um, uh, it was crazy. They made me audition so many times because I'd never done anything before. They had oh. me come back and come back. But they, go, that's really cool that they saw something and you kept having you yes come back. It was awesome. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, so that was my first time. That's cool. And, and did you, like, so your first time on set in The Guardian, mm-hmm. um, where you, because you had been on stage and you had done that kind of stuff. I mean, how, well, you had said you'd done some indie stuff. I'd done indie some stuff. indie stuff. And I'd done, right. like, music video. I was, oh, you'll probably like this. I was in uh, Christina Aguilera's music video, Beautiful. Were you? <laughs> I punch a mirror oh, in my, my underwear. <laughs> I, that's fantastic. I did a lot of music videos. I did, yeah. for, like, Incubus and uh jewel uh-huh and yeah a bunch of them back in the day wow. <laughs> when did you start noticing a change in your booking rate like when you started getting more well, and more stuff you know i i remember like for six months or so nothing happened i called my mom and i was like nothing's happening and she's like you've been there six months yeah. like, give it a second <laughs> and then there was this the first indie film i got i think it was probably the first thing i booked i it was this really intense it was called butterflies die <laughs> and it was about these kids in this um like mental hospital and uh-huh. I literally drowned myself in a toilet. Oh no. It's a really sad part. It's a horrible death. <laughs> but I went into that audition like I gave myself this pep talk which was very severe which was that like it's do or die you have to yeah. do this. There's yeah. no alternative you have to get this part. Yeah. And like if you go in going well that's what has to happen. Mm-hmm. That's and and then I got it. So yeah. I don't know. It worked out. I mean, me. So you yeah. talked about a lot of the, the mechanics of uh, what what you did. Yeah. Uh, as far as starting to to, to book roles, but um, you've had some very interesting roles. So, um, what's the creative side like for you? I mean, what do you? Uh, this is cheesy, but you know, like when I'm on stage, you know, for someone that has obsessive compulsive, sorry, I'm really low on the spectrum on that, but I. I live my life with a lot of rules and, mm-hmm. and, and, and stuff like that. But when I'm on stage, it's like the only time I not surrounded by all these rules, you know, yeah. I, I feel free. Yeah. So that's how I feel when I'm being creative on stage. What is it for, for, for you? You know, I was just thinking about this cause I was just up working with magicians again. Uh-huh. And, um, I am also moving and there's a lot of stuff changing and going on in my life right now. And, when I was on set, it it was it's a it's a it's a lot happening, and I felt I never felt nervous. I felt really calm and like really centered, and it felt so good to feel like you know this is the place that I can be stress free, even though there are you know there's a lot of work happening, a lot of stuff that I have to mm-hmm. sort of you know take care of in this situation. Um, this is where I feel like, even yeah. though it's stressful, I feel good and, and like, strong. That's you know? great. That's great. And that's also how you know you're doing the right thing. Yeah. You know? I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, well, let's, let's talk about the show, 
mm-hmm. called The Magicians that's on Sci-Fi. I'm a really big fan of this show. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty great. I, I, I like it a lot. And the show is on Sci-Fi, and it's based on the novel of the same name by Lev Grossman. And the show follows a group of magicians who attend Break Bills, a university for people who have magical powers. A uh, nice part, I think, of the plot is that some of the students used to read about magic in a certain fiction book. I think it was called Fillory and Further mm-hmm. is the series, mm-hmm. right? And it turns out that magic, the magic that is in this book is actually real, and so is the place Fillory. I think I gave a good description. Of yes, that's the show. Okay, yes. thank you. It's Magena approved. <laughs> it's librarian approved. So, <laughs> so you play the head librarian. Um, can you tell us a little bit about her? Oh, I love her so much. She's, she's She really is. Um, she's just... You know, she's very, um, she also likes rules. She's very um, particular about rules and how things are. I mean, her her main focus is, she's very committed to her job. Yeah. Her main focus is knowledge and the preservation of knowledge, making sure it doesn't fall into bad hands. And, um, and uh, it's, you know, she's very noble in that way. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, her profession is the most important thing really yeah. to her. Um, and although she, you know, you do see compassion in her yeah, with, yeah. with Penny, um, you know, uh, and so those, those things are, you know, um, at odds sometimes, right. but, uh, I love her because, you know, like I said, I've played some prostitutes in my, I've actually played two different prostitutes held in basements. Oh boy. On different projects. <laughs> oh my God. And I also played a lot of sweet little nerds. Uh-huh. And it's this is just she's weird. Yes, she is a she is a she's very quirky. Straight, she's quirky, but she is a strong yeah. woman. Yeah, who doesn't take crap from the main characters. Yeah. Doesn't really take crap. Like, and I just love it. I like yeah. and I love that it's you know she talks about Kafka and like the first yeah. season. Like, you know, it's it's fun smart role and i love oh, it, it seems so fun and and yeah you're absolutely right. I mean, she seems like when you first meet her, she's she's very kind and she will be kind to you but yes. if it, hey if you cross that line then that's that that's it and you're yeah. gonna be scared of me okay yes. that's gonna go away <laughs> so i have a contributor for geek girl authority named melody McCune, and she's a huge fan of the show she does all the recaps yes for, i saw for, some for, of yes. Those. yes and um so i was like melody do you want me to ask mcgain any questions and so she sent me two um <laughs> she actually is like really jonesing for the next season like she's very impatient she just recently wrote um uh just two Two things to hold over people over. She wrote a whole post on predictions for season three. She's read all the books and everything. Yes. And she also wrote, I love this post so much, how to like a how to succeed at break bills. So if you were going awesome. to break bills, how would you succeed? Awesome. So uh, any of you out there, go to geekgirl30.com and, and, and put in um, succeed at break bills and you'll you'll find it. So she's curious. Um, did you read the Magicians trilogy or any part of it prior or after getting the role? I did read it. I read, um, I read like the first book before I went up for the first season, mm-hmm. and then the second and third. I think at the end of the first season, right? Um, uh, and you know, and the library is not really in it very much. Very right. briefly talked about. So I mean, you know, they they went away from the story. Yeah. Well, quickly. luckily for you, yes. <laughs> you get to gain yes, it more exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed them. Yeah. And um, but I I love how free they are with the with the with the tv show i mean mm-hmm. just film anything it's great it's a, such a creative show um she also wants to know and i, I please uh correct my pronunciation here what what it's like working with um arjun gupta did i say it right arjun, arjun gupta, gupta. Yeah. yeah that's what i thought um he plays penny, penny. yes 
um you know he uh i think you can you probably can guess what he's like right. he's, he's like his character yeah. in a lot of ways um what's wonderful is he i think he comes from theater yeah. i actually saw him he has a production company in la and it doesn't always happen on tv that it feels like theater yeah. where you feel like my, I had the theater company when I first got out of school, and the girl that I started it with used to talk about how you could actually sort of change time on mm. stage. You can make moments like last so long, and you don't and you don't always feel that necessarily in TV. There's so much right. going on. You just right. have, to, and it can still be beautiful, and it can still work so well. But the you know the actual interaction with an actor on American Horror Story that happened. Um, but yeah, with Arjun, it's like doing theater. It's yeah. like real, like That's it nice. feels, it feels, yeah, it's nice. It's nice working with him. So um, I, I'm really impressed with the art direction of the show. Um, do you ever look around like you're a kid in the candy store? <laughs> Are you ever like, oh my God, what the hell? I'm here. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially like whenever we do costume fittings and stuff. I want to because talk to you about that. I want you to tell me that story about your Mag pants. Oh, I know. So Magali is our um, our costume designer, and she is incredible. I feel like I shouldn't even say this, but you know how people with synesthesia they make mm -hmm. these connections because they have already make these connections that we don't. A lot of people don't yeah. have. Yeah. And she, so these pants that I wear with a million pleats, she designed them, and the are supposed to look like the pages of a book I love it. isn't that beautiful i think it's beautiful and she made like i have this cuff that i wear that's the bind the mm -hmm. binding of a book and a headband that's mm -hmm. the binding of a book and everything is just so beautifully yeah. thought out with her everything has a reason and a story and i love that kind it of helps art. you as an actor doesn't it absolutely i mean yeah. like like you know in my film everything that you see on the wall has some has story meaning. and meaning yeah. to it no i love it no i love it um, so the last time we saw the head librarian, it was yeah. uh, it was so end of season two, and she was ushering Penny away mm -hmm. to somewhere safe because bad things were just That's happening. Uh, Magic was about to disappear. Now at the end of the season finale, we get these flash forwards mm -hmm. to see how the other people, the other characters, are dealing with this loss of magic and everything. And the only person not to get a flash forward was with Penny and he was with you. Mm -hmm. So that makes me assume that you are going to be in season three. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. I'm so happy. And you are under NDA, so I can't get anything out of you, <laughs> right? Oh, darn it. You, am I going to like it? Oh, my God. I, I can say that this is really what I, what I get to do and what happens, but you know, I'm going to be a little self-share. But what I get to do in this next season is some of the most exciting stuff I've ever gotten to do as an actor. Oh, and I can't wait. I, I just, it makes me, but, you know, we have some amazing, Sarah and John McNamara, they're um, such wonderful creatives. They, and they just, they love working with people over and over. Yeah. And um, I just, they feel like they were like, here, here, let's see if you can handle this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, let's try it. Yeah. So I'm but, really excited about it. Well, it's probably, I mean, you had said earlier that uh, when we we're talking about the books, that the library isn't in the books so much. And so obviously you created a character and a place that they, people have really connected to. And so they're going to keep asking you back. So congratulations oh, on so, that. Oh, thank you. That is so <laughs> amazing. I can't wait. And that's not until 2018. Yeah, I'm going to wait have a while. To, We have to wait. 
But let's talk about Hux. Yes. Let's talk about Hux, your short film. Uh, you wrote, directed, produced, starred, and edited the film. So first off, go Magena. Ah, thanks. That's, that's, that's a lot of work. Yeah, it almost killed me. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm not, I'm, that's a lot of work. So the film follows a young woman, Hux, who is on the autism spectrum, and she navigates her life and struggles to connect with other humans, all while an apocalypse is happening. Yeah. Um, when did you start working on the idea of the film? How long was this in your head before you put it to paper? You know, it sort of came, once it started coming together, I don't, you know, so I'll, I I was hiking a lot, uh-huh. which is when I think, you know, or drives and stuff. I was, But I was doing a lot of hiking in the Santa Monica Mountains, which are beautiful. Yes, they are. And um, I started thinking about this. And the way it works with me is like sometimes, you know, you'll get excited about an idea, but the excitement doesn't last it sort of eventually fades, but, or sometimes it's like, oh, that's why this happens as though there's already something out there and all of the things are finally connecting. Right. Sounds crazy, but, no, no, um, I get it. but it's, start, that's what started happening with this. It started, started going, oh, oh, that's this. And this makes sense for that. And, um, it was probably like late 2013 that I started thinking that I was going to do something sort of, I knew I needed to do something. Um, and then by like May, end of May of 2014, I knew, I like pretty much knew the story and I was, I had, my sister's a psychiatrist too. So like my dad and my sister and my mom were my total sounding boards. Like I could just, you know, I was, and in fact, there was this, I didn't realize she had autism at the beginning. I was just sort of describing her traits to my mom very early Uh on. And my mom, who's worked with uh, many um, people on the autism spectrum, um, mostly kids because she she went back to work on the army base uh, right. with the in the school system um she went oh she has autism and i went oh and it was one of those other things that i went right. oh that's what's happening and uh-huh. it all sort of and then it made it such a better thing yeah. you know yeah it did it's uh-huh. actually like the centerpiece of yeah and of then the film. and um by june i think end of june um we were i was doing the kickstarter um and then that was your first that was my first was that scary to to press submit oh it was it was just like it was just every moment was insane like you know we shot like three hours away so my friend and i we wanted to do morning light and have this for the kickstarter video up at that up at that land Uh and so um we got up at like 3 a.m and drove three hours and shot this thing and then like stayed at a like junky little hotel and edited and, and like I was doing the it was just crazy, um and but it worked. Everyone said don't do it by yourself, but I did anyway. You didn't listen. I didn't listen. <laughs> um, but it really is. It's a and it's a it's a you know that's you have to have something that means enough like so that you can be like no, it's not just about me. It's about this right. cool story or right. you know this interesting thing or this you know, shedding light on something that, you know, hasn't had enough, right. you know? So Was the Kickstarter successful right away or did it take time for it to pick up? It was up to the very end pretty right. much. Right. I mean, we, got, you know, this, I think they all kind of work that way where you get a lot of attention. I've never the beginning. done one. Yeah, yeah. It, a lot of at the beginning, a lot of at the end, the middle is kind of it's, like, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, um, so, yeah, it was a nail biter. <laughs> but you got the funds. We got which, there. We got the funds. And so... Yeah. um so you're saying you did your research a lot with your parents yes. and everything. Did you um, reach out to any like uh, autism organizations? I did. Actually, Autism Speaks did uh-huh. um, a piece on their website about us. Nice. Um, yeah, it was really cool. 
um, as and um, it, it, we've actually had since we've gone to the festival and stuff. We've had some attention by different smaller organizations and stuff, and um, and I've gotten to thankfully meet some some parents of right. people with autism and stuff. And that's, it, that's it's, how did you decide? I mean, um, this spectrum is broad. You know, yeah. how did you decide where on the spectrum Hux would be? It was. Um, it was a, it, it, it all sort of, it was malleable. It kept changing. Um, and I did a lot of research. I, you know, the internet's amazing now. People post their experiences and mm -hmm. um, you, you get to see what it's like for all different types of people. And as, and, you know, I spoke to a lot of people with autism and in the process, it just sort of came together that this is where she was. And this is what, you know, cause it's, they have this saying that if you know a person with autism, you know one person with autism. Like it's such, you, it's never going to be, right. it's never going to be, you know, this is based on this person. Because right. it's so different for everybody. Um, and so I just sort of found her in, in there and, you know, what her limitations were in some areas. And, you know, um, in a lot of ways, she, she had these extraordinary sides to her too. Right. So As an actor and a writer, I mean, how did you, I'm, I'm really curious how, you approached a hux i mean do you you're i mean do you have any intellectual differences in other people or was this just a character that you just learned and jumped into or is there anything from your personal life that you drew upon um well actually you know um there's always stuff that come that you're like oh that's kind of like this right in yeah. in my mind and um it's 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 weird with a thing that you write direct and edit mm -hmm. and act in because you're re-examining this idea over and over again. Like mm -hmm. you're like interpreting it now as an, as, first as a writer, then as an actor. And then, and it, um, it's just constantly reinterpreting this thing. Um, but now I've lost track. That's <laughs> <laughs> how you approached it. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, it was a lot of discussion with, um, with my dad and my sister. And then it was, you know, I, I get migraines and it makes me very sensitive to stimuli. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, so there was that, there was, um, you, uh, I, you know, she, there was also this other side, I think, to, to stimuli, to sense that sensitivity, which is, um, finding pleasure in it, you know, so oh. we see her like scratch, scrunching yeah. her toes and, and finding comfort in, in, um, tightly holding the jacket around her when she's right. having a meltdown and stuff. Right, right. Well, um, do you want to talk a little bit about Hux and what she's doing in the film? I know I gave a very general <laughs> description of it. Well, yeah. So she's, um, you know, she's decided that she's going to try and make it on her own. This mm -hmm. woman, she's probably about 30 years old. And she's like, I, she, she has um, a lot of difficulty with social interaction and she's moved to her grandfather's little shack mm -hmm. um, where she feels safe. It's away from stimuli. It's out in the middle of nowhere. But she's going to push herself to go and make these interactions. And so she, you see in her, um, in this little shack, you see all of her script, social scripts, right. her notes on how to interact, how to be, make eye contact. Mm -hmm. um, and the first time she goes in, it doesn't go as planned. Right. Um, it, and it sort of spirals and but she goes back again and she tries again and again and she's sort of thwarted and um and and that time you know because she the, 
the second time she goes in, she's really going to do it right this time. She right. got messed up the first time, but she's really going to do it this time. And then things beyond her control happen and yeah. it doesn't work again. And then she finally gets this this sort of beautiful little chance to finally finally express herself, finally connect with somebody, um, which was played by my little four-year-old niece. Oh, she was awesome. Yeah, she's pretty she great. awesome. Aurora Elise. <laughs> Aurora Elise. That's a great name. <laughs> yeah, I, I love, you know, she's doing, you know, what other people do easily. Yeah. It's incredibly hard for her. It is. You know, her process, and, and it was a very honest portrayal. It's a really great writing, but it's a very honest portrayal of, of her. But um, another awesome person in the movie <laughs> yeah. is, unfortunately, the late Harry Dean Stanton. Oh, I know. Um, I'd love to talk about him for a bit. Yes. Um, uh, how how did he get involved with the project? Um, so I'd known Harry for a little while, actually. I went to his um, joint birthday with Jesse Ventura. How weird is that? It sounds like it a was blast. crazy. I know Harry got up and sang Mexican love songs, and he's. Um, I know him because the um, somebody I went to school with, Logan Sparks, who is the writer of his new movie Lucky, mm-hmm. um, one of the writers. He, I was looking for a line producer, mm-hmm. and I put it out on Facebook, and he was like, "Hey, yeah, let's let's work together," and we hung out, and he was like, um, "There wasn't even a." grandpa spot in it yet yeah and he was like so uh you know i don't know what should we find a spot for harry in this and i went um yeah i think we can find a spot we'll for we'll make it we'll we will make find it work <laughs> it was amazing because like harry he when we went to shoot his stuff i had all these you know plans of what he was gonna wear and everything and my buddy logan calls me he's like so harry's decided to do this in his bathrobe and i was like okay well <laughs> fine because it's harry dean stanton if he wants to do it in his bathrobe, <laughs> we're going to do it in his bathrobe. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Yeah. So we see he's the grandpa, and we see him through some flashbacks of Hux, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but I think, you know, there was this beautiful moment where all it was was a smile. I, oh, I know. All it was was a smile from Harry Dean Stanton, and it's just like, it's just like wow, that's an actor that really knows what he's doing and really understands the work. I mean, like, when you're working – with basically a legend like that, and you're the director, so you made a decision. Well, we'll let him do it in the bathroom, yes. which is was <laughs> the right. But um, how was it directing him, or did you just let him um, do what I, he wanted? We, there was a little bit of directing, but you know, he just sort of did his thing. He's he's um, you know, I, I I I just sort of was maneuvering, you know, like just and, and you know, you can do more in in editing as well. But he's just a he. He can do more with one look than a lot of people can do with a whole monologue. You know, exactly. he just he, well, he it, did with that smile. Oh, I know, right? It's just yeah. beautiful, and yeah. it's you immediately feel like oh, safe, oh, warm, yeah. okay, yeah. loved. You know, which is what she feels. Which is yeah. And he gives her these tools to deal with what she wants to do, to deal with society, to deal with interacting. Yeah. He gives her that, and um, he just did such a beautiful job. Did I you know. learn anything from him? Like technically or as an actor or a filmmaker i mean like i feel like you just his simplicity you know you can do so much with so little um you know and yeah i was pretty sleep deprived at the time too (laughs) but um it's it you know i think being able to be relaxed in it Mm -hmm. um to let it happen to not have to push things to just and and to not have to come up um 
with stuff, you know. It's um, actually a pretty good lesson. Right? You know? To just just let it be what it is. Yeah. It's okay. It's enough, you know. Yeah. So um, after you filmed, mm-hmm. you weren't expecting to edit it, right? But <laughs> you ended up being the film's editor as well. What happened? I did. Well, my dear friend um, was going to edit it. And he had a lot of stuff go, going on with his family, and he ended up not being able to do it. So I had, you know, I actually went to um, a film production thing at NYU when I was about 19 and learned to edit with film, yeah, like yeah, cutting and splicing. Yeah, yeah. Like hot, I remember late nights hot splicing things together. Um, but it had been quite a while. I And I did one thing for my, my sister, uh, who is a psychiatrist. She was a pre-med theater major. So, oh wow yeah. that's so, fantastic i know i she love was, that your family has a duality they, of science and, and theater because they really do go amazing. together though i agree they and really i always thought oh yeah. that's just how it is yeah but it yeah it is i'll just tell you real quick my little brother who uh-huh. you should have him on your physics show sorry yeah yeah he's Story he, collider. he's a yeah. phd um from berkeley in physics and that whole time he was in a rock band where I would make him his costumes. Like I made, I made him this floor length fake white fur gold trim vest because he was a rock star yes. and he was Gabriel Gifford's science policy advisor. Um, really? Yes. And then oh, and his daughter, wow. his second daughter is named after her. And now he is the CEO of um, Ecrine Systems, which is in Cincinnati where they're, find, they're developing these patches that'll um, be able to test your sweat and tell you everything. So like if you have diabetes, you won't have to prick yourself anymore. That kind of stuff. People oh, that's for, fascinating. They got like a $500 million grant from the Army, yeah. I think. Well, that's a pretty... Pretty amazing, right? Well, that's an amazing bit of technology, technology right? that will be incredibly useful. Yes. <laughs> Just pitching all... And, and so, my older brother's pretty amazing, too. So you guys are all... <laughs> the two of us are all... Tra- they're changing the world. They're changing the world. I, um, I, I love it. We had a little foray. I had... I just... I like talking about them. <laughs> so. But so so you had to... Did you learn on this? So you had learned how to so, edit yeah. like with actual film, film but now yeah. you're on a computer. Oh, so the whole point of telling you about my sister, I had done her, a little film with her for uh-huh. her um, thesis. We'd made a film together. It was about psychological issues. Yeah. But it, that was also like many, many years ago on Final Cut, which I and don't even know what version. Just keeps changing. Yes. And changing so and changing. I got yeah. Final Cut 10 and I figured it out, which actually it's. It's kind of intuitive nowadays, yeah. I think. Um, it well, was- the more stuff that even with like my sound equipment and stuff like that, it's right. amazing. Like I couldn't do this 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, you know, it's so, in- it does. They make it intuitive for you. And if you do get caught. There's the internet. You, you either, there's a YouTube tutorial or yes. there's Google. And yes. you'll find your way through it. It is amazing. <laughs> there were some, I got this, without putting stuff, I got to some points where nobody, there was just nothing online about it yeah. yet. Which was tough, but mostly anything you can learn online. It's yeah, amazing. It is. That's that's fantastic. When did you know, or when were you able to say I'm done? Like oh, I, because I, I know that right. because I hear you probably <laughs> always want to, yeah, you know, fine tune something. But when did you say, okay, I'm walking away. This is wrapped. It's done. Yes. Well, it was. Um, it was. There was a point where I was like, oh my god, I've been sitting here going back and forth on this edit, and it's like a half. It's like a, it's a frame one way or the other. Yeah. No one's going to notice. And I had to be like, you have to stop now. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just have to stop now. But we still like, because we, um, we went to a festival and then the sound, I spent so much time with the sound designer because I had real specific ideas. Yeah, right. And right. it was the one thing I couldn't do myself. So that was a real learning experience was how, how to convey what you want, it, mm-hmm. when, especially when it's sort of this ephemeral, like, you know, yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, how do you... Um, 
So, so there was another sound version, but, but once it was, that's when I, it was done was when I was like, so long you've been sitting here and it's a frame one way or the other, like stop. I just had to stop. Again, you need to step away. You need to step away. (laughs) So, um, I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, women in film. I mean, the past year there's been quite a, of a bit of a big scale forward motion for, for women in film. But the fact is there's been women in film for decades and decades. Mm -hmm. Um, at one point during your whole process from conception to film festivals, did you think to yourself, wow, I'm a part, or did you think I'm part of a really important group right now of, of being a female, uh, a woman in film? Wow. I don't, or do you not think of that? I don't know. I mean, I definitely, I don't know that I feel like part of, this is probably my fault though. And my lack of, um, I feel like there's a movement. Mm-hmm. I feel part of a movement, a push, right. but I, but it's not, I don't feel part necessarily of like a tight knit community right. where we're all pushing. Right. We're like, Hey, there's a job for you. But I, that might be, no, there I probably think exists was, out there. That's what I meant. Did you, did you realize, wow, I am a woman in film yeah. or do you prefer to just think of it? Cause there are two different schools that women that, that at least women filmmakers I've talked to, like I am a woman in film or no, I'm just a filmmaker. You know, I, I mean, think it's a personal choice. I don't think either of them are wrong. Right. You know, well, I think, I mean, myself, I don't qualify it with women. I'm yeah. just like, this is what I'm doing. But, yeah. you know, even, I know this sounds kind of weird, but it's like, even in acting, I, you know, I go up because I'm sort of different. I'll go up with men for parts, you know? Yeah. So yeah. like the parts, you know, so I feel like, um, but, but I, I, you know, I'm down to fight with yeah. women. <laughs> like yeah. I'm down to be a part yeah. of like a movement. Um, I, I, for myself, it's just what I'm doing, uh-huh. but I'm, you know, there should be more of us out there. Oh, absolutely. And I think, like I said, it, there's kind of been a big push forward yeah. this year and it's kind of yeah. cool. And on a side note, I've twice, cause I'm six feet tall, played male characters <laughs> where oh, they, goodness. I walked in the room and they're like, you know what, we're going to have you read Charles the wrestler and as, and as you like it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, and, and no, awesome. you're going to, yeah. It's kind of freeing though. I mean, we you can kind of do anything. I was in a Sam Shepard play when I was right out of college called Shave Splits as well. You know, one mm-hmm. of his early, early um, uh, plays, uh, what was the theater that company had in New York? I forget something mama. I, I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's a manservant in this play, yeah. you know, and um, when I got the part, you know, there was this, I was at a time where I was still thinking I'm always, I'm, I'm an ingenue, I'm an ingenue, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, in contemporary realism, that's my thing. Yeah. And then I finally realized, well, it it's what you like, but that's not, you're, you know, I getting all these callbacks and they line you up with the guys and you're three inches Aww. taller with the guys, you know. Oh, I hear that. I'm five yeah, ten. Yeah, like, so you're yes. tall. You're a tall woman as well. And then I remember having a teacher say, "Yeah, you're good, but unless you cut yourself off at the ankles, Ugh. you know." Which, of course, Ugh. thank God that empowered me because I was like, "Fuck you! I'm yeah, gonna, no, I'm gonna right. show you, asshole." Um, but you know, um, now I forgot where I was going with this. Being a woman and oh, oh yeah, but playing no, different parts, yeah. understanding that. I finally found out that it was fun, you know, because I, I was so focused on being a lead, yeah. you know, that, oh, my gosh, this is where the fun is. And this is where the creativity is, is in these character roles. Yeah. And it really the, is. These really, you know, like in the, the Sam Shepard play, somebody dies on the bed and I spend the rest of the play 
doing a Balinese dance. I do Balinese monkey chant in college. Yes, yes. You know, so for for 30 minutes while a scene is going on, I'm just dancing on stage. And it was such a learning experience. It is. I mean, for me, like, I I think the most interesting characters are the 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 characters. Mm. I, I I've been well aware that I'm different. I guess like a character mm-hmm. um, from very young age, and um, I'm cool with that. But I also feel like that's the, those can be leads to like oh, that's absolutely. why I feel like that's why I wanted I wanted Huck's shot as though she was a hero, as though she was mm. because she is. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. Speaking of what you just said, I wanted to ask because, you know, so I saw Hux and I really liked it, mm-hmm. but I walked out going, I want to see this entire story. I want two hours of Hux. Woo, is, so is that something you're thinking of doing like yes. feature length? Yes. Um, I'm working on the feature right now. Um, I have awesome. the story. I'm, I'm working on putting it in the script form. And um, because I feel like, um, you know, there are these things that were detriments to her with society the way it is. Mm -hmm. And now that society is not that way anymore, maybe those things are attributes. Maybe, maybe she has things that will do her better because of who she is in this new world and to sort of see her navigate it. It's, you know, and to see her navigate relationships in the new world as well. So absolutely. I think that, I mean, there's so much, there's such a deep well for, for what you can do. I'm really excited Thanks. to hear that you're, you're, you're working on it. Yes. That's the next thing. And, we, and yeah. Is Hux, I mean, is it going to be available like streaming for folks? So that definitely it will be at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, right now we just, so with the run at the new art theater, we, yes. we um, became Oscar qualified Awesome. So we're waiting, you know, to see what happens. And then, um, but at some point it'll be out there and right. available because I, you know, I want everyone to be able yeah, to see Yeah, I it. think everyone everyone yeah. should see it. And I think that you would um, generate a lot of people wanting to see more of her. Because yes. you, what you said is absolutely correct. She is a hero. I mean, that's, you, you I, want her to win and you know it's in her. You know, watching totally, her, you know it's in her. She can do it. She's yeah. a delicate hero. She's a delicate yeah. hero. Oh, I love that. Uh, I'm writing that down. That's <laughs> so uh, finally, before we go, I wanted to talk to you about one more thing. Um, yes. uh, you brought it up in the beginning of the podcast. It's that you draw. Okay? Yeah. And so uh, I went to your website, maginatova.com, mm-hmm. and um, I fell in love with Space Cat. Oh, you did? Yay. I love Space Cat so much. I love Actually, Space Cat's been around for quite a while. Oh, my God. He's, he's well, my, my cat, his... His uh, official name is Spaceman Ralph. Oh, I love it. And, although I can't call him Kitten. <laughs> but um, he's had many a portrait done of him. And there's a little crew. There's like my my dog. You probably wouldn't notice, but you saw those um, sort of dragons. I saw the dragons. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. my dog in oh, drawing that's form. So cool. Is that weird? No, that's not. Well, <laughs> what is, I, that was one of my questions is what is, how would you describe your, your style? I mean, what? Well, um, it's, it's, the themes are often creatures in space. Yeah. Um, again, that's sort of out in the middle of nowhere sort of theme. Um, it's, I guess, uh, other artists I, I've been compared to are like Edward Gorey or Tim uh-huh. Burton, sort of um, a lot of line, line drawing. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, yeah, there's uh, um, something... Uh, I'm slowly working on them. There'll be some sort of book about them at some point. I it's think it'd make a great book, actually. Thanks. I think that's, uh, you know... It, 
of course, you guys listening can't see this. I have a, a picture on the wall of a robot laying in the field, yeah, and it's the first it. thing Magena saw when she walked in here. And I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. I just want to, that's me, either floating in water and just floating or laying in the field. And that's how Space <gasps> Cat made me feel. It gave me that. I just that got inspired for another drawing. Well, there you go. But yes, robots in space. Also, there's a lot of robots in my art as well. And but always like with a scarf on, drinking some coffee. Of course, because because robots need to be cool too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So now your art is for sale. Like if yes, yes, yes. So I'd love to um, if you can tell people where to go. Yes, you can go to my website, maganatova.com. M a g e i n a t o v a h dot com. And you go to art, and um, if you see something there, if you, uh, print or I can, um, you can buy a print or you can buy actual arts. You just contact me. There's a an email address. I I suggest you all do it. It's really really cool. Have you ever done an art show? Um, I haven't. That's something that's been. Is on, that on your bucket list? It is on my. Yeah, I mean, it's something I'm slow. There's uh, slowly developing that along with. Um, the feature of hug you know it's a uh-huh. lot to sort of juggle but so some of it gets attention and then the other but there's also this um fundraiser called more than a cone they've done for three years um they raise money it's about the cone that dogs and cats oh, have to wear and I it's it. transforming the cone into something more um it. so they have artists who um will you know either use the cone as inspiration for their art or uh-huh. um use actual cones in their art and they raise money every year. I've been doing it for three years since they started. Actually, I saw their advertisement in LA Weekly, and I was like, I wrote to him, and I was like, um, I don't know if you remember me or if you know who I am, but I just I have to do this. So he let me, and I've been donating art to oh, that. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, their next one is going to be in February in San Francisco with the SFASPCA. Well, are you, uh, so are you, you have a dog and a cat, so you, I do. you are a animal yes. lover. And I used to have bunnies. I have oh. had a lot of animals. And did you grow up with animals? Yes, yes. Yeah. I grew up on a farm. Oh, that's right, because so you had, set a farm. Yeah, yeah, goats and horses. I also have. I feel like there's a story that I should tell you that has nothing to do with what do we're it. talking right now, but Let's I feel like it. you would appreciate it. And I don't think I've told you before. Okay, did I tell you about how I got Spider Man? No, I see. I feel yes, like, actually, you did. Did I? I think you should share that. Do you want me to share? Yes, yes, <laughs> because um, I actually. Had a whole a whole Sam Raimi thing here to ask you, but we're running out of time. Yeah, so yeah. if you go I'll do ahead. it quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. No, so, no, I'm on your schedule. So if you want to tell the story, go for it. Anyways, um, it just seemed like a yeah. you know, kind of the theme. Um so I this was I had na- this was I think my second agent, my first real theatrical agent, but they this was kind of one you would hear stories about, like right. kind of get your side. Right, things. right. And I was I heard that they were casting this part and she had to be tall and gawky uh-huh. like a young Shelley Duvall uh-huh. and I was like oh my god that is me if that doesn't scream me then I don't know what does right I can yeah. do that um but I the submissions had to be in by the end of the day I knew that my agent was not going to handle that so I didn't tell anyone what I was doing because I didn't want anyone to tell me to stop and this was after 9-11 so studios were like super security okay. and I I dressed up like a messenger. I had like, well, my version of a messenger. Like I had thrift store gray pants and like a black t-shirt. And like I had a, a um, part of my prop was a clipboard with like old gave delivery. Yourself, you gave yourself a clipboard. I like literally wrote deliveries on there and crossed them off so it would look like I'd been other places. Well, this this goes in hand with like all the research you did That's and I, everything. Every yeah. step of the way, like to do the Kickstarter, do yeah. editing. I just researched. That's because I'm a nerd. Uh-huh. Um, so... 
I went down to the studio and I was like, I'm from Candlelight Management. Uh, I have a delivery. And at security, there was this real delivery guy who'd been chatting with the security guard who was just like watching me, like just enjoying it so much. But he wasn't going to Didn't blow, say anything, thank God. Wasn't going to blow your cover. Yeah, yeah. But the guy, the security guy was like, oh, you're not on the list. And I was like, I don't know. Like they said it had a meme by the end of the day. Like I got to get it in. And just like heart beating, but trying to yawn, trying to like be like, oh, do this all the time. Uh-huh. And... Luckily, they couldn't get in touch with casting, and I just kept annoying him. And finally, he was like, whatever, go. And he gave me a pass, and I went on, and I went up. So are you actually going onto a lot? Onto the lot. Wow. Walking across the lot, and then got to the place that I was supposed to drop it off, and I give my little manila envelope to the guy, and he seemed really friendly. But I was like, I'm out of here. And I heard him opening it as I was leaving, and I'm like, He's going to see my face. (laughs) Delivered myself. And later that afternoon, I was in my agent's office, and they called him. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to yell at him. But it turned out that the guy I'd given my stuff to had been the assistant on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. (gasps) Two years before, I'd been on it with, like, two lines, and he remembered me. He brought me in. Well, that's so – I mean, that's so awesome on so many levels. And also because – the, the risk taking there, the the taking it's a like chance. Been that's, going to jail. <laughs> that, no, that's pretty major. Like I, I know, I, I know for sure I could not have done that. I, really, I, I, I have too many rules. Like, like right. I, I don't think I could, you know, do it. And I really admire you. Thanks for for doing. I just that. had to like just because I literally was like, I can't tell anyone I'm doing this because somebody's yeah. going to be like, What are you talking about? Yeah. This is like you are crazy. Right? You Stop aren't it. in the same person. Like you're going to get arrested. But so, but every sort of, there've been a lot of steps like that where it's like, I just was like, oh, I need to do, now I have to do this. Even in like, um, going between Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3, like I, um, I remember I did the shield and I had this, it it was one of the most intense things I've done. This crazy thing with Michael Chiklis. Uh It was on my reel now. And I, I was still friends with like the storyboard artist and they were working on Spider-Man 3 and he was like, you need to come by. And show me your reel. Uh-huh. And I came by and he showed it to him. And he was like, uh, you need to come out here. And suddenly Laura Ziskin, Sam Raimi, they're all sitting in this little tiny room watching my reel. Where oh. first, first like Spider-Man 2 comes on. They're like, oh, there's our girl. Oh, look at her. Oh, sweet. We're on first. Great. And then the shield comes on where Michael Chiklis puts a gun in my mouth and yeah. tells, you know. Yeah. And they were just like, it, you could feel just, it was icy in there. It was like, yeah. they were like, what happened? But, but like every, well, like, I think they were probably very impressed. <laughs> oh, man, a little freaked out. And then they were like, but Sam was like, well, you're going to be in like, you're going to be in three, right? And then every step, like when we started three, um, Sam Raimi, I walked on the set and he was like, have you seen the script? And I was like, because Spider-Man 2, I never saw a script. Yeah, yeah. I got on set and I was like, we're doing what scene? Like this, I didn't get <laughs> There's this. There's something with like, a cake. Right. <laughs> and so um, Spider-Man 3, we get up there, and he's like, uh, have you seen the script? I'm like, no. And he's like, get her a script. I trust her. He's like, I want you to go through, and if there's anything you think is missing, just write it down. Write it for me. Tell me what the... Yeah. And so um, Ilya Baskin and I wrote a scene that he shot, didn't make it in, but we but did he it. he shot it. He shot it. He's the coolest. Did you like him? Did you? I loved I, him. He was know, a weirdo, and he was. Yeah. He and Tobey Maguire messed with me so hard. Oh, really? Yeah. Like one time... Uh, well, the very first day I was shooting, like we, I come down, we're having a break. I come down to like get some snacks at the thing. And Toby and Sam are sitting in their director's chairs, just yeah. sitting there. And Sam's like, come here, like waggles his finger, come here. And I walk over and he's like, no, Magena, 
I know you have this thing where like I that goes on fire because everything yeah. was like improvised and we'd come up. He's like, oh, let's have a fire. Yeah. So he's like, I know you have this little bit where the fire and everything, but this is really Toby's movie. And I was like, <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm just fucking with you. And then like Toby would be behind me and he'd be like, so how's it working with Toby? Is he all right? And I'd be like, fucking, he's fine. <laughs> just like mess, mess. That's fair. I'm, I'm glad it was a fun set though. It I, was. Mean, I mean, I grew up loving watching Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. Oh, I know, right. So it's nice to hear that he's cool because I love Sam. I'll tell you one other thing. Yes. So he was like on, on, I think it was Spider-Man 2. Yeah, it was Spider-Man 2. I got to set and he just, I would go many days to set and never work because he Uh just wanted to have people available in case he became ready to shoot that scene. He was very fluid, which was great for me and making money. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But like the first day he was like, have you seen Spider-Man 1? And I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And you're honest. I was like, I don't know. He's like, go in my trailer. And we'll set it up for you. And he, I go into his like amazing trailer with like surround sound and oh my God. super. And he plays, and I just sit in his trailer and watch Spider Man one all day. And you got paid for it. And I got paid for it. <laughs> he was such an he. He's an amazing dude. He was, he was really great to work with. That's, thank you so much for sharing those stories. Totally, awesome. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yes. Where can we uh, find you on the social media places? All of them are like at Magena and Hux is on um, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook also. It's at Hux Film, uh-huh. all one word. And you can find all of that on my website as well. There's links to everything. And I will, um, go if you guys want, go to geekgirlauthority.com and I'll make sure to have all the links awesome. up there as well. Thank Thanks. you so much, Magena. Oh, dude, thank you so much. Thank you for having me in Absolutely. your awesome office. <laughs> thank you. Did you guys hear that? I have an awesome. It is pretty great. There's like awesome. Princess Leia. Yes. Toys I can't even identify, so you know they're cool. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you know some of them. Though, I do right? know some of them. Yeah, I mean, I know he's from from Star Wars, and I, I mean, I grew up with Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, and had a crush on Captain Kirk, and then there's um, some robots. I mean, I have an Iron Giant um, yeah. bank where you, you do? put the quarter oh. in and it eats it, and he's all. Nom, 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 oh, that's nom. really cool. Well, we are at Comic Con. We got that Iron Giant print because. Nice. The um, artist happened to be there. Oh, well. And, and that's he amazing. Was, he wasn't like, um, um, what do you call, he wasn't an artist alley signing stuff. He was in a, in a booth. And, nice. And, and so it wasn't like $100 or anything. It was like 20 yeah. bucks. And it's like, thank you. That's awesome. All yeah. right. Well, thank okay. you so much for coming over, Megan. Thank you for having me. Okay. I'm really looking forward to Magician Season Woo-hoo. 3 and everything else. Thank you. All right. Take care. <laughs> you too. Supplicants, you may now rise. The merciful odd has chosen to spare you. Please exit the internet to your left.